Hey there, fellow streakers. Welcome to another streaking week. This week, we're going to answer streaking questions from streakers. Tiffany asks, how do you use streaking to stop a behavior? Kevin asks, is the intent of streaking to always get better? And we're going to reference an article from Brene Brown, Scarcity. Something along that lines of vulnerability. Anyway, hi, Jamie. How are hi. you? Hi. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. Brene Brown, something along the lines of vulnerability. Really. I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> yes, you are. Good job. That's I, very courageous of you. It was courageous. I know that Brene Brown is very popular and it has many, many books and audiobooks and so forth. And you've been listening to one of late on vulnerability. I know, and I'm hesitant to even talk about it because I've barely scratched the surface of what Brene Brown has to offer. So you're being vulnerable. I'm being vulnerable. She would be very proud of you. Is it vulnerable or... I don't know. Am I ever prepared enough? You know that feeling like you're like, I you need to are be exactly saying exactly. So we enough. will talk about that. Yes. What is enough as we get through here? I'm you know, sprinkling the ground, <laughs> seasoning it. Seasoning. A little bit of seasoning here. Salt, pepper, my favorite, Lowry's steak season. No, not the steak one. What is it? It's seasoned salt. Seasoned salt. Thank you. That's one of my favorites. Use that on chicken and steak and everything else. So let's get going on the questions. Tiffany is asking us. How do you use streaking to stop a behavior or can you? Now, one of the uh, things with the new app, which is great, is we have all kinds of people or when the new app comes out and you'll be getting access to it. If you're a beta tester, you know this already. There's posts that you can put on the app about the streak that you have. Mm -hmm. What it is that you're struggling with or what it is that you found interesting what it is that you want to do. Well, Tiffany, who's one of our streakers, she asks us, or, you know, what about don't streaking? What I call don't streaking. Let's stop a don't streak. Well, she was great. She's like, I have a things, I have a lot of things I want to stop doing. Help me understand how streaking, how streaking can help with that, which is a good question. Yeah, it's a great question. We're going to talk about it. Absolutely. We've got answers. I, I think we do. I wish I had more answers. <laughs> So I've, I've thought about this a bit, a lot, actually. Well, and first of all, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit. We were talking about this the other day, is that why is why is it that when people talk about good habits and bad habits, sorry, I'm bringing the H word in, why is it that bad habits are so easy? How can we acquire bad habits so easily, sometimes without even recognizing it, but these things that we want to be good in our life are so much harder. I think that that is the great conundrum of the word habits in the sense that we can acquire a bad habit and therefore should we not be able to acquire a good habit just as quickly as we acquire a bad habit. And what I believe is our natural tendencies set us up for bad habits because as you read in Charles Duhigg, and you also read with James Clear and Atomic Habits, they both quote each other and it goes back and forth. What they discuss is that a habit has a trigger, an environment, and a reward. And it seems that bad habits have those in kind of spades yeah, it's innately. Like they're just there. They're, you don't have to necessarily set it up. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. that, that bad habits, the thing, so I'm thinking of like biting your fingernails or... Um, maybe playing with hair, you know, people play twirl their hair, just these different things that we can do without noticing it mm -hmm. habitually. Mm -hmm. um, why, how can something happen without us being aware of it sometimes? Mm -hmm. Why does that only seem to be with good things? 
And I think you're right because you mean with bad things. Or with bad things. Why can't that happen with good things? Yes, that's what I mean. Why does it only happen with the bad things? I mean, it would be beautiful not... it only happened with well, good things. Well, that's our You know big... what? I'm just good all the time. I, can, I cannot be. stop being good. <laughs> I just I just can't do it. I just want to be good. Oh, look, there's a little old lady. I'm going to help her across the street. How did I start doing that? I didn't even think about it. And I just did it. So, I'm amazing. So it has to do with the human condition that there's these things that come more easily naturally. And they are things that are not as desirable. Absolutely. There's a natural I think you look there. at it. So let's, let's just take smoking, for example. There's a trigger. Mm-hmm. And then the environment is set up. You've got it. And the reward that mm-hmm. you get. I mean, how you feel about the nicotine or whatever it else that enters your system. And I'm talking about something I know nothing about. I'm just repeating what others. Because I've never smoked a day in my life. Mm-hmm. However, people will describe it as a habit. It's something I do without even thinking. They'll find that they have a cigarette in their hand. And they're putting it up to their mouth without even thinking about it. And mm-hmm. it becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's other things. Now, what you mentioned, biting the nails, in Charles Duhigg's book, uh, The Power of Habits, he talks about an individual that so habitually bit her nails that she, she would bite them all the way down to mm-hmm. the cuticles. Right. And so it became something that was quite stifling in her life. So the question is, is how do you break a bad habit? And I think that that relates back to what Tiffany is saying is, how do I stop doing things with streaking? And one of the things that I've found, and I'm see if this is true for you, is that I never really look at streaking as stopping to do something. I look at it as something I start doing to displace something that I've started doing. So, for example, I have a habit at night of turning on a show, binge watching a show of some sort. Now, I could say that's a habit. Pull the, pull the iPad out, put it on the thing, and start it. And before I even know it, I'm watching the show. Okay? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Okay, I've been there because I sit by you. Because <laughs> you're right there. <laughs> anyway, so so the question is, so how has streaking helped us with that? Because we used to do that but you know, six years ago before we started streaking with other areas other than just physical health. We also started – we started – we were binge-watching – some of the top, some of the shows that we really enjoyed. I remember Twenty Four. Remember we just yes. binge watched that all the way through. I don't know if that's the best example because that show ends on a cliffhanger every time. You're meant to watch it in a twenty four hour block. So there <laughs> is this trigger environment and reward, you know, that you want to go through. What we have found and what I found, and I believe you found this too, Jamie, is that we started streaking and following the laws of streaking. Doing something laughably simple, creating the, or excuse me, keeping a record that I did it and creating the community. What then happens is I know that I can do that laughably small thing before I do the other behavior that is not as valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I look at is the value of the behavior that I have that I want to displace is not as much as the one that I am displacing it with. Right. I have more value with reading at least a paragraph in a nonfiction book. And and the thing that I see is that we need something to get us started on that. We need something to disrupt that pattern a little bit. And streaking helps to add that intentionality and disrupt that pattern of, I'm just going to sit here and watch a show. And a little bit of, so so a little bit of the, of the, I'm doing the same thing, all, a little bit of that rebelliousness. I sometimes think about me at night and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm tired. I just want to stop everything. And that's that's okay. 
But sometimes there's a lot of the things that I still wanted to do. And streaking gives me the permission to just do a little bit of it um, before. And then that helps me to kind of make that, that better transition. So I was thinking, sorry, I was a little distracted there. I was thinking, I read a book several years ago that said the brain can't actually decipher the word don't. Hmm. So it hears the word after it. And it focuses on that word, but the word don't doesn't actually register. For example, register. don't eat sugar. Yes. All the brain hears is sugar, sugar, sugar. Eat sugar, yeah. eat sugar, eat sugar. And the example it gave in the book <laughs> is if you you have to walk across the stage to um, accept something. Okay, this actually happened this to me. Was, did it really? Yeah. Can I tell the story? Yes. After you tell what you were going to say. So the, in the book, the example is this person has to walk across the stage to accept an award and they're very nervous. And in their mind, they're saying, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. And the author of the book says, all your brain is focusing on is trip, trip, trip. That's all it's hearing because that's what you're, it doesn't register the don't aspect of it. And so the concept of the book was don't focus on what you're not trying to do, focus on what you are trying to do. Yeah. And and we've talked about this. Um, we call it the, the Indianapolis 500 principle. And when they are traveling around the Indianapolis 500, when they're going around that loop at the speeds that they're going at, if there's a wreck, if they even look at that wreck briefly, that's where their car will go. So they have to train themselves to not look. They have to train themselves to look where they want to go. You can't look at where you don't want to go. You have to look at where you want to go. And so the, the the concept, again, is that don't focus. Just use the word don't. You can't focus on the things that you don't want to do. You have to focus on the things that you want to do. So you have to find something that you need to replace that with. And that's where the focus goes. I was getting ready for a keynote. It was about 600 people, Salesforce. And I was heading up to the stage. And the stairs were a little bit wonky. <laughs> All right. They it, it was like the mismatched or uneven stairs. Mm -hmm. And so what did I start to think? Don't trip. Don't trip. Those Don't stairs trip. are wonky. Those Don't trip wonky. on those Don't wonky trip stairs. Don't trip on those, on those wonky stairs. I headed I kind of jogged up there because they had great walk-on music. I jogged up, I headed up the stairs and on the last one, the toe of my shoe caught on the ledge of the last stair and I almost Superman dove Superman. across the stage. I And I was like, boom, boom, boom. And everyone was, you know, it's like that moment. Like an audible guess, yeah, like, <gasps> is he going to go all the way down? And he recovers. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like there should be I cheering. Didn't, I didn't go all the way down. And afterward, the vice president of sales, he came up to me and he said, did you do that on purpose to get our attention or did you really trip? That's pretty good when they think you did it on purpose. Yeah, no kidding. That was quite the recovery. However, proving the point, on, focusing on the don't actually set it up for the do. And that's where with streaking and with streaks, what I look at, I had a question just the other night from a streaker, a, a different, a, a beginning streaker or a considering streaker. Let's put it that oh, way. That's a good way, a considering streaker. He asked me, he said, well, how do you break tasks or how do you break it down? Not tasks, but how do you break it down into a small enough, simple enough um, streak that will help you accomplish what you want to do? His was, I want to, I want to get up on time. Mm -hmm. And it seemed, and that's really hard. I mean, when you look at that, that is not laughably simple. No, it's not. And so his question was, what can I do in order to facilitate that particular behavior? I want to get up by 6 a.m. 
I remember talking with Talon a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, what is it that you can do in order to get up at 6 a.m.? What's the laughably small thing? One of the things we talked about is maybe the idea or the behavior is I'm going to step outside at least one time in the morning. Mm. Remember? Yes, and we talked a little that. bit about yes. this where it's I'm going to, you know, get outside. And so that behavior is hopefully helping you to get up on time. It's where you want to go. One of the things that I thought, I and I thought about this a lot as far as what's the behavior that I want to do that will facilitate something that I value even more. Mm-hmm. One of the other items is to go to bed on time. Mm-hmm. You know, can I be in bed? I may not have to go to sleep. I may not have to do anything. You've often said to our kids this way, look, you don't have to go to sleep. But yeah, you, or you to, need to be in bed by 8 o'clock. You need to be in o'clock. bed, yeah. I can't, and that's a good way to say it because we can't always control falling asleep. And again, it's that same principle of like, don't stay awake, don't stay awake. I got to fall asleep. I got to fall asleep. And it can cause that stress of like, ah, when you just need to relax. So you're like, I don't have control over necessarily falling asleep, but mm-hmm. I do have control over I can get in bed. And that is where then you could potentially put two or three streaks together. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm going to be in bed by a certain time every night. Right. And that, I, again, I don't know if that's laughably simple. For some people that may be, for others it may not be. However, it could be, you know, I'm going to be in bed by a certain time every night. And then another streak of, I'm going to breathe deeply at least five times. I like that one better. I'm going to breathe deeply when I get in bed. <clears throat> Ooh, I, I like, like that. that because yeah. because the, the, the concept of I'm going to be in bed at a certain time every night, that's a challenge. A total challenge. It's a little bit. There's some, there's some dependent variables there that we don't always have control over. Yeah, like children. Mm-hmm. When and they come home at night. Exactly. Like never. Exactly. Like you're waiting up for them. A so the, little too close to home? Yeah, a little too close to home. <laughs> we were waiting for one of our daughters last night. I, I guess I shouldn't use the word we, should I? I was Jamie waiting was for... waiting for <laughs> to get in last night. Sorry. So I wanted to read this. Notice this, how she's avoiding this one. I'm she's just moving on. <laughs> I wanted to read this. I've been reading this book. 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, which is kind of funny that it's focusing on the don't. But the interesting thing is basically, I believe she's doing what we talked about is she's saying, these are the things you do need to do so that you can replace these things that you don't want to do. Okay. And I've been trying to, I don't know if you've noticed, I've been trying to find this part. So I'm going to read for a little bit here. I haven't noticed at all, yeah. But so she's a therapist and she talks about um, this person that came to her. She said, Richard entered my therapy office because he wasn't making much progress in managing his physical health. And the reason I brought this up is because I think almost m- so many of the time when people have don't streaks that they want to, it starts at something physical, something physical that they want to stop. I want to stop eating sugar. I want to stop drinking soda. I want to stop. You know what I mean? There's these. Well, we have a we have a streaker out there that her streak was to n- not eat bread. Yes, so and she so she much. readily acknowledges. She says, "I know it's against where it is, but I couldn't think of anything else, so I just wanted to give it a try." And she actually had fantastic success with it. So she did. She did, a and really probably good. still does. I, we need to get back with her. Anyway, keep going. So he says, "Richard entered my therapy office because he wasn't making much progress in managing his physical health." At the age of forty-four, he was seventy-five pounds overweight and had recently been diagnosed with diabetes. Shortly after his diagnosis, he'd met with a nutritionist and learned about the diet changes he'd need to make to lose weight and manage his blood sugar. Initially, he tried eliminating all the junk food he had always eaten so regularly. 
He'd gone so far as to throw away all the ice cream, cookies, and sugary soft drinks he had in his home. But within two days, he found himself buying more sweets and resorting to his old habits. He was also aware that he'd need to... Now, I would say in that case, it was habits. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you you do those things without thinking. And, uh, and it's automatic. And it's it provides an immediate reward, especially junk food and sugar and chips and everything I remember else. one time we were doing this challenge with friends. And the, the challenge was... It was one of those health challenges where everybody put money into the pot and you would keep track of how you ate each day and you'd get points for that. And then at the end of the challenge, the person with the most points got the money. Mm-hmm. And one of the points was to avoid, um, like, I don't remember exactly, but I just remember what I did. It was to avoid salty snacks or something. And I remember I lost a point that day because I ate a chip before I even realized I had put it in my mouth. Yeah, it was there. Like, it was immediate. It, it was, was like there. A- and I ate it and I was just like, are you kidding me? I just totally lost that point and I didn't even... I didn't even, it was not of choice. I was so mad about that because I had, was like, I didn't make that choice. I, I just did it. I was a victim of my habits. Subconsciously. So, so that's what I guess I'm saying is I get that feeling. He was also aware that he'd need to increase his activity level if he wanted to get healthier. After all, he was no stranger to exercise. Back in high school, he'd been a star athlete. But these days, he spent the majority of his time sitting behind a computer. He worked long hours and wasn't sure how he'd find time to exercise. He'd purchased a gym membership but he'd only gone to the gym twice. He usually came home from work exhausted and he already felt like he wasn't spending enough time with his wife and children. Richard told me that he really wanted to get healthier, but he felt frustrated. And despite understanding the risks of being overweight and the dangers of not managing his diabetes, he just couldn't motivate himself to change his unhealthy habits. So this is the first thing that I loved that she says. She goes, it was clear that he was trying to change too much too fast, which is a recipe for failure. I think this is something that happens so often when we want to try and change something is we make a list of all these things and we're going to become this new person and we're going to change overnight. all of them overnight. And and so I love that she's like, it's a recipe for failure when you start thinking, I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to do them perfectly. And I'm motivated because my health is on the line. My, my I mean, I've got a diabetes. I've got diabetes. I've got life-threatening this diseases. Is, I've got all of these things because... Of things that are because within of things my control. Because things that have happened, right. Because, and so now I'm going to make all these changes and then you don't, you make it two days. And so now you're looking at yourself and you think, not only am I doing these bad habits and now I've had a doctor tell me that I need to change. I don't need, that's not even enough to motivate me. It's yeah. So so you just this failure upon failure heaps upon you. Can I add a little thought in there just mm-hmm. before you read on? This also supports the theory of what I've looked at as far as you cannot replace or take something out of your life and replace it with something else. For example, he was removing all of these sugars and snacks and chips and everything else from his life. And he was trying to replace them rather than, and this is where streaking really comes in, displace those things through time. And you're smiling right now because because it's going to get there. This is exactly what I was, this was the paragraph I was trying to get to. So first of all, stop trying to change everything all at once in one. And this is where I say sleep. don't streaks don't work. Right. I mean, it's for the most part and on rare occasion, maybe it does. However, what you're not, what, as soon as you start looking at it and saying, don't eat sugar and how many days in a row have I not eaten sugar? All you're thinking about is sugar mm-hmm. rather than the other part of that, which is. So she said, first of all, I recommended he choose one thing to change at a time for the first week. So in other words, start with something small, pick something even 
laughably small laughably that you simple. can be successful at that you can start with. Um, he said he'd give up the cookies. He usually ate at his desk during the afternoon, so that was his thing. It was important to find something to replace that habit with. And I would say displace. And he decided he would try snacking on a carrot stick instead. So so that's the whole, all that I read was to try and get to that sentence where she kind of says it offhandedly. But I, when I read that, I'm like, that is exactly what we were trying to say is that, okay, I want to give up cookies. That's a conscious choice. But you can't just say, don't eat cookies, don't eat cookies. What he said is, I'm going to eat a carrot. At least one carrot daily. Yes. So if that was, if he could put a streak around it where he's like, okay, I'm going to eat at least a carrot or a vegetable daily. And the mind shift there is from don't do this. In other words, I'm thinking about the cookies that I'm not getting to do this, which is I'm thinking about what the carrot is that I am going to be eating. And that is driving through the accident rather than becoming a part of it. So many absolute metaphors that fit right there. Right. I want to revisit back to habits for just a second. But before I do that, did you have something else? That was what I wanted to get to. So I wanted to loop back in the habits. So habits, bad habits, seem to be easy to get into and also they become automatic. Whereas I don't believe there's anything that is a good habit that will lead to continual growth. And you and I talked a little bit about this last time. We don't need to go into it again. Where if I think that doing something good repeatedly through time will become automatic is where my thought process is, it's exactly wrong. It will not happen. And I think you added on the other part of this and expect a same or even better result, Mm -hmm. which goes into our next question. Yes. Which is, Kevin asks, is the intent of streaking to always get better? And I felt like this was a two-pronged question. First of all, yes. Don't we always <laughs> want to be getting Don't better? Don't we always want to improve a little bit some right. way? I mean, what's, that's, that's the whole point of what we're trying to do when we're adding things to our life is like, okay, I want to get better. I want to be a better person. And so the, the first part of the, the first surface of that question, I would be like, yeah, of course it's to get better. But I felt like there was a underlying question to that that was more like and and I've experienced this with another streaker you start streaking and they and and they're like laughably small well that's just to where I start I'll start with laughably small but I know what I'm really trying to get to is amazingly great bragworthy that's really so I'll start with your laughably small but let's be honest I want to get to amazingly great and what what is amazingly great it's looking at something that you can now brag to people that that you know is amazing i what i look at is it's continuing to look at the output yes i want to always focus on the output and the out without the app without the output then it's never enough exactly it's never enough and therefore i need to get even better in fact we were talking to a a, a beginning streaker or someone who's considering streaking and they decided to try push-ups and said, okay, well, I'm going to get, and this wasn't in streaking, but before they did push-ups, they said, I'm going to get 1% better every day. So talking about the British cycling team Mm -hmm. that a lot of people know about because of uh, just different writings that are out there. And so what is 1% better every day of a push-up? Is it another Mm push-up? So if you're looking at it and saying, I want to be 1% better, well, it's two push-ups the next day. Mm -hmm. 
it's maybe three push-ups the next day. And if it's, you know, if it's 1%, I'm continuing with the 1%. Now I'm doing 100 push-ups a day. All right, so now is it 101, 102? Is it up to 200? Is it up to 500 a day? Is it up to 600 a day? When does it stop? Right. And you always want to get 1% better. It's, is it sustainable? Right. And it's not sustainable. Mm-mm. But what the 1% better is not specifically, I believe, talking about, because what, what that does is it's the output. The output also always has to be 1% better, better than yesterday's output. Exactly. Whereas what we're looking at is the input mm-hmm. and what the input is. So I may have a streak of doing at least one push-up daily. And the input is maybe I do the push-up a little differently this time to help strengthen another part of my muscle, which helps me get a little bit better. Or it's to you know do it in a way that's incline or decline or uh, backward, forward, whatever. I mean, you could you could go to any number of different things, but it's about the focus on the input of what it is that I'm doing. And where is the real work? Where's the real work? The real work is the consistency and the consecutive consistency through time. And that's kind of what I was thinking when we were, because someone asked me this question um, as a, like I had the chance to actually answer them. It wasn't a written thing that we were talking about. And it's like, don't I want to, I mean, the point is to get better. And I remember giving a whole thing about how streaking helps change you from the inside, that you're literally thinking about things more and that as you're thinking about that you're changing from the inside who you are which i still totally agree with and and loved that answer but as i was left as i left that conversation and was thinking more about this concept of but isn't the whole point of streaking to get better and recognizing that i felt like the question was an outcome-based question where they were looking for my outcomes are going to get better right and i as i was thinking about i thought the whole thing and and what needs to change is that isn't being consistent at something getting better just the consistency itself is getting better you are consistently doing this consecutive consistency i am getting better by doing that particular thing that's aimed at who i want to be and that's what brought me to the brene brown that i had been reading about that day and 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 she talked you were able to find this quote for me and, and I wanted to talk about it in two different ways. So I'm going to share with you kind of, the, I'll, I'll just read this quote. The idea, this was the question that someone asked her. She said, the idea of being perfect is something that plagues many of us in our society, causing a lot of stress and feelings of inadequacy. Where does this idea that we need to be perfect come from? And how can we come to terms with and find the beauty in imperfection? So this is the question that they were asking Brene Brown. And sometimes I wonder if, People look at streaking and are saying, well, you're you're requiring perfection. You're requiring it to be perfect all the time. And there's beauty in the imperfection. And as I thought about that, I thought the thing that's great is that that's where the laughably simple comes in, is that we're not requiring the action to be perfect. That's not, in fact, that the outcome of what the, there's going to be imperfections all along that because life happens. And there's times that life is going great and there's times that life isn't going great. And so there's going to be times that are the ebb and flow. But the perfect, the, the ability to have some level of consistency is where that the beauty comes in that, is that the imperfections may be in the outcome, but there is a level of perfection in the beauty of the consistency. Yeah. 
So she says this was this was this is directly from uh, Brene Brown's, and this is a little bit of a long quote. If you if you don't mind if I read it, go for it. She said, "Over the past decade, and this is Brene Brown, I've witnessed major shifts in the how do you say that word? Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. And you looked that word up. What is I it? I did. Zeitgeist. Uh, it's about the general mood of the country okay. or the feelings that are going on in the culture at this particular. So time. the way that a culture and society views itself based on the way that people think and how they how they feel about." life at that particular at time that particular and moment. Time, yeah. okay. And by the way, just just to give a refer or a correct reference where references do, this comes off of a website called goop g o o p dot com and the um, let me just make sure I'm there. It's the wellness section, mindfulness and it's around perfect and this is uh Brené Brown bringing it this is her this is from her as far as answering this question. So sorry, just wanted to give that And it's from her reference. book Daring Greatly. Yeah. Uh Let's see, it's called, hold on, Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. There you go. Okay, so over the past decade, I've witnessed major shifts in the zeitgeist of our country. I've seen it in the data, and honestly, I've seen it in the faces of the people I meet, interview, and talk to. The world has never been an easy place, but the past decade has been traumatic for so many people that it's made changes in our culture. And this is a little bit old because she talks about um, 9-11 and... But I would, I look at it and I'm like, okay, but now we've still experienced a worldwide pandemic. Right, so exactly. things have still continued to be difficult. Um, let's see. So she says from the 9-11 multiple wars, from the 9-11 from multiple wars and the recession, and I would add a worldwide pandemic, to catastrophic natural disasters and the increase in random violence in school shootings, we've survived and are surviving events that have torn at our sense of safety with such force that we've experienced them as trauma, even if we weren't directly involved. And it and when it comes to the staggering numbers of those now unemployed and underemployed, I think every single one of us has been directly affected or is close to someone who has been directly affected. Worrying about scarcity is our culture's version of post-traumatic stress. Scarcity thrives in a culture where everyone is hyper aware of lack. Everything from safety and love to money and resources feels restricted or lacking. We spend an inordinate amounts of time calculating how much we have, want, and don't have, and how much everyone else has, needs, and wants. The greatest casualties of a scarcity culture are our willingness to own our vulnerabilities and our ability to engage with the world from a place of worthiness. And this is kind of where I wanted to get to. After doing this work for the past 12 years and watching scarcity ride roughshod over our families, organizations, and communities, I'd say one thing we have in common is that we're sick of being afraid. We want to dare greatly. We're tired of the national conversation centering on what we should fear and who we should blame. We all want to be brave. And then she goes on to talk about our culture of scarcity is defined by this sentence, never blank enough. It only takes a few seconds before people fill in the blanks with their own version. Never good enough, never perfect enough, never thin enough, never powerful enough. Never successful enough, never smart enough, never certain enough, never safe enough, never extraordinary enough. And that's where I kind of wanted to look at what I what what to me was an underlying pinning of this story or this question of isn't the whole purpose of streaking to get better? And yes, it is to get better, but not if it's with this underlying belief of scarcity never being enough and so i need these outputs to constantly be increasing and getting better 
so that I can validate that I'm enough, that I'm, that, that I'm good enough, I'm brave enough, I'm smart enough, I've done enough. And, and so that's what, where I have found the beauty of streaking is that it changes that focus from this hyper-awareness of the outputs to a very small but intentional awareness of my continued level and intentionality to focus on my inputs. The other night, we were at youth night, our church's youth night, and a conversation on streaking broke out because I, just, I was there and I was, <laughs> and often that's what happens. The conversation on streaking grew up, breaks out. One of the individuals that was there mentioned that he had started a streak about 93 days ago, knew exactly the number. Which I love. That's- and he said to this group, and it was a group of men, we were all talking as the youth were playing capture the flag. He said, my streak is to read at least one verse of scripture nightly. At that point, the four other men in the, in the circle smiled and laughed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the reasons why we say make it laughably simple. And the reason that they laughed is because that phrase right there, well, well that's, that's, not not, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That one verse is not enough. It's not enough to make any type of a difference in the world. So we had a, a very robust conversation around that particular or that that streak of may read at least one verse of scripture nightly or daily mm-hmm. or whatever it is, just a day. And the robust conversation turned into something quite interesting. And it, I, I've thought a lot about it since we've had that conversation is because the focus, even with when they were laughing, the reason they were laughing is because it's the output on which they were focusing. Well, that's not going to get you through the Old Testament right. anytime soon. Well, is it to complete the Old Testament or is it to enjoy, feast, understand, soak in the Old Testament or a verse in the Old Testament? I mean, there's a lot of verses in the Old Testament I don't understand. <laughs> you know, And New Testament's a little bit more fresh. However, as you start to look at any one of those, as far as the verse itself, by slowing down and focusing on the input and saying, my whole intent is to take in this particular verse and soak in it, what vistas does that open up? What places does that help you go? What visions do you now see because you've slowed down enough to look at the input and not worried about the output of, well, I've read the Bible every, every year, you know, all the way through. Rather than that, looking at it and saying, who is it that I want to be or to become? What am I aspiring to be? That aspiration is what the input is all about. I may never, and honestly, if I looked at it and said, it took me, and this again is an output-focused mind, it took me three years to complete the Old Testament. Well, okay, but what did I learn in that three years? What what were the vulnerabilities, the imperfections, the understandings that I gained in the one or two verses that I took in and soaked on? Because that's really where the key is. I want one more, one more little thing on this. Everyone is always sure to say when they state the laughably simple, when they say I read at least one verse nightly or one verse daily, they're always sure to say, oh, but I always read so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we concern ourselves with that? The key here is, I read a verse yesterday. 
I read a verse today and I'm going to read one tomorrow. The consecutive consistency, that is the work. Now, if you read a little bit more because you get engaged and interested and it starts to displace some other less valuable activities, great. That's fantastic. If not, and you soaked on that one verse for the few seconds that you did, isn't that better than not doing it at all? Mm-hmm. That's where I get to. And that's what I've had to change in myself is looking at it and saying, I want the input because, then I'll stop, stop, step off of my soapbox here. I had a streak of reading at least one chapter of scripture daily. Mm-hmm. Now, a chapter can be rather long. Right. And I found that with that streak, I started to focus on the output rather than what I was learning and the input. And so I reduced it to at least one verse of scripture. Now, gratefully, that didn't it, it didn't affect my streak because if you're reading a chapter of scripture and then you reduce it to a, a verse of scripture, well, I've been reading a verse all along and so I could keep the streak alive. That's a little advanced streaking 201. <laughs> but what it did though is it helped me to get where I needed to go, which was getting better is not about the output of how many times have I read the scriptures. The getting better is in my inputs, am I taking the time to do the laughably simple consecutively and consistently, and then allowing myself to really soak in and enjoy and understand those things that I've read. I love that. And I love that, that this, this idea that to stop focusing so much on the output not that the output isn't important but what she said when she was talking about scarcity is this hypersensitivity hyper awareness and i feel like as a society we've become hyper aware of only the outputs and that the output is the most important thing and so because of that i think people do things maybe that they wouldn't normally do because it can give them a perceived output that looks good to people, that gives them some of that ability to brag and look what I've accomplished. And it did me. I'm, I mean, it, it look, strokes this the shows ego. that I'm enough. Yeah. And whereas streaking, I think, is an antidote to this idea of the scarcity mentality that, well, I'm not enough. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not. Because you're not focusing on this output that can sometimes be variable, but you're focusing on this input. I am enough today because I did this today and I did it yesterday and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. That is enough. Brene Brown says this, the three components of scarcity are shame, comparison, and disengagement. To transform scarcity, we need to dare greatly. We need to cultivate worthiness, a clear sense of purpose, and we need to re-engage. What I see here is the opportunity to look at who I want to be and then creating streaks necessary to become that person. And that's where we so often say that streaking is the engine that powers these things that we want to do in our life. So when she talks about to transform scarcity, we need to dare greatly. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, we need to cultivate worthiness. In my mind, that's part of what streaking is for me. It's helping me be, look, I'm worthy of these things because I'm being credible to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing to what other people are doing. I'm looking at myself and saying, so I, have a I committed for to do this to my for me for myself every day and I'm doing it. That cultivates 
So what streaks do you have that you would say help you to feel that? And, and it may be any number of the streaks. It may be just the process of streaking itself. And what I'm thinking of it specifically, do you have an answer? No, go ahead. Well, I was thinking specifically of your journal writing streak. Mm-hmm. Because you always felt like you never were enough in that area. Yeah. I mean, before you started your streak on that, you must have said 10, 12, 15 different times on a regular basis, oh, I should do this. I feel guilty for not doing it. And it was almost like a whip that you would beat yourself with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Journal writing. The whole process of streaking has helped me in that in that regard because it's small and simple things that I've committed that I can do and that I'm doing them. And so there's the, the sense of self-credibility that comes with it. Journal writing has been wonderful because I started journal writing to help because I was so self-conscious of feeling like I didn't remember things that had happened. I felt like I don't have a very good memory. And all these people tell Your these amazing stories. My memory was never going to be enough. No, do you know what I mean? It never yeah. was. And so, but it, but it was, my memory is not enough. So I started writing in my journal to help facilitate and be like, okay, maybe if I write things down, I'll remember. It's interesting because one of the things that Brene Brown talks about that is so important with vulnerability is sharing your stories, being able to share, own who you are and having a willingness to share that with other people. So you could have Journal a streak Journal writing of, is a huge oh, part of that. that's a great point, yeah. Is sharing it, but what were you going to say? Well, you could have a streak of sharing a story, you know, on a blog or a post or something like that at least one time weekly. And that's where I love the the third law of create a community. That's where that part, that component is so important is that creating that being a part of that community, you are seeing from what other people are sharing and you're sharing your stories and that creates an authenticity to what you're doing that is so valuable and so compelling to continue moving forward. You asked about other streaks that I have. I have a lot of personally religious streaks that I feel like help me to maintain that feeling of worthiness. Whether or not you believe in a God or don't believe in a God, um, those that believe in God know that prayer is something that is vitally important to being able to maintain that those feelings of um, yeah. being able to connect with God. Those that don't, there's also studies that show meditation, which yeah. in my mind is also still at some level. Or in some higher being or some something like that. I mean, as we you look at it, that <laughs> that has the potential to help you be who really who, who you want, you to, want be. to be. Yeah. So. Can I be vulnerable about something? Yeah. So as we were writing the streaking book, and this is, a, I know we're coming up on time here, but as we were writing the streaking book and we published it and went out to the world, um, one of the things in the book that I was a little bit, um, how, how do I say this? When people read the book, they're like, oh, it's a short book. And inside of me, that causes a little bit of, consternation. I don't know why, but I have a little bit of a a reaction to that. And I'm like, I wonder why, what is it about that, that, that I feel that way? Because I'm looking for credibility to come from without rather than within. And I've recognized something with streaking with myself. And this has been a lot of my life. I've looked for the credibility of something to be, um, something that someone else recognizes me for. And with streaking, I've noticed, and it's been through time, I've noticed that I have not relied on that as much anymore. Mm -hmm. It's something that I haven't uh, 
that, and it, I'm kind of just coming to that recognition right now, is that the self-credibility has been more significant in my credibility overall. And honestly, it really doesn't matter. And Does that make sense? Yes. So what I feel that you're saying in conjunction with what Brene Brown was, was you were able to stop comparing. Your book didn't need to be long enough to be credible so that other people said that it was a good book. You're looking at saying, okay, it, it's okay for what it is. It's, it's enough. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it's our book. So and it's our book. And, but that, that wasn't something that ever bothered you though. Mm-mm, you you never much. really thought about it. But the, but the idea of these outputs and comparing our outputs to other people's outputs, which is never going to, we're never going to come up enough. There's always going to be an output that's, that's better. Yeah. And so being able to refocus that and say, I'm going to focus on my own personal inputs. And then the other thing that she brought up and just kind of the wrapping this up was she was talking about shaming. Um, and, and what is shame? It's, it's putting other people down for something or ourselves down because of that comparison, because of that disengagement and, and being able to have a streak where you look at it and think, I can fight off some of this shaming yeah, because I can feel self-credible. Right. I don't need to compare. I don't need that outside source. I can feel good about what I'm doing. Right. What? So that's it. <laughs> and it's a beautiful it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today in our conversation about uh, our streakers' questions. And Tiffany, just start putting in those good behaviors that will then displace the less valuable ones. And Kevin, the idea of streaking, helping you be better, is all about the consecutive consistency and the laughably simple. So that's really what we're aiming for. Well, until we talk next time, you can reach us at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie at J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com or on Instagram or Pinterest or you can give us a review on Amazon or on the podcast at podcast podcasts are on apple podcasts as well as an amazon podcast or any of those places you can do any of it any of those places it's available so until next time keep streaking it's the small and simple things that make you grow into what you're hoping you're in a hurry don't even worry it's too simple not to do it's the